Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Conversations and Coffee. I'm your host, Brian Wells. Thank you, Togo Coffee, for being an awesome sponsor and location for us to hold this wonderful podcast. Today I have two amazing guests, and I'm looking forward to you hearing their story and what they have to talk about. Uh, today's guests are... Uh, my name is Mihir Sheikh, uh, and I am here from Baltimore. All right, welcome from Baltimore, brother. Uh, I'm Chris Lundquist. I live nearby. I've been here for a couple of years, I guess. Awesome. All right. So today's conversation and coffee revolves around technology and the intersection of coffee, technology and coffee or coffee houses in particular, how they shape each other and how they help inform each other and uh, what the benefits of coffee houses are for technologists, technology evangelists and web developers, etc. So let's, uh, let's get right into it. What do you guys, what do you do for your work environment? Um, uh, so I work at a medical device startup based out of Baltimore called CC Global Health. And uh, we develop medical devices primarily for emerging markets. Uh, we actually just launched our first device in Kenya over the last year. So I've spent wow. a lot of time in Kenya, which has some great coffee, yes. I, if I may add. Yes, <laughs> yes they do. I've experienced it myself about yep. Five years ago, six years yes. ago, actually. And it's really interesting to see the changes in the culture there, but now though, with even you know specialty coffee like Single Origins, right, gathering uh, steam not only in the U.S. but also in Kenya. Absolutely, and so, a lot of the barista competitions live in Kenya proper as well. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Yes. So that sounds like some really exciting work that you and your company, the startup, mm -hmm. is working on. So how is that going to? I mean, we talked about coffee a little bit. Is that going to benefit some of the uh, outlying regions in Kenya, some of the farming communities, perhaps? So, uh, so our goal is, uh, so the, the device we just launched, uh, which is called the Hemofuse, uh, salvages a patient's own blood and gives it back to them in cases of internal bleeding. Oh, wow. Uh, spoiler alert, that might be a little bit gross, but... <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah. this really is exciting and I'm glad you stopped in today. I was on the board of directors for the Blue Nile Children's Organization in which we have a small clinic in Ethiopia okay. which initially started out as a clinic for children that had been orphaned uh, by HIV AIDS and then it turned into a full-on medical clinic where we now have uh, the ability to do x-ray imaging, uh, birthing as well as um, providing health care, basic health care as much as you can in a quote, third world country, mm -hmm. uh, but we also have medical facilities for doctors without borders or doctors that are just willing to take a year or six months to a year off to live in Ethiopia and help work at this health clinic. And this sounds like a wonderful opportunity for the Blue Nile Children's Organization and myself to potentially collaborate somehow on bringing your company's technology and what you're doing to Ethiopia, not just Kenya. I mean, that's fantastic. It's exciting. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we've, already, we've done some uh, pilots in Ethiopia already, so it would be great to have some other uh, partners as well and just wow. see what else can be done. Wow. Yeah. Look, look at this. This is a fantastic... <laughs> this is great. This is Conversations and Coffee. So, Chris, what's going on with you? What are you thinking about all of this craziness? Technology, coffee, and how coffee houses are being used as a platform for companies to start and get off the ground as opposed to working in a office share space. What do you think about that? And how does it affect you? Um, I think it's really become a phenomena in the last 10 years. Now it's really common to see people with laptops working out of a coffee house. Um, I 
think I, I really have ideas about the last uh, topic though. So um, interesting on the way here, um, my Lyft driver was from Kenya and he was uh, noting that the payment system in Kenya is uh, uh, hasn't been the best. Uh, recently I heard uh, they changed their banknotes because of corruption. Mm -hmm. uh, so when the banknotes rolled over, lots of politicians had stacks and stacks of money that they couldn't turn over to new banknotes. Uh, so he was hoping to find a payment provider that was not cash-based to help limit uh, corruption. Um, yeah. Wow. So that was just on the over here. So, really? Yeah. Wow, that's deep. That sounds uh, sounds similar to the old Ethiopian government. Not the entire government. Corruption. But I do recall one time we were waiting on a container to come in. This was actually back in 2008. We were waiting on a medical container to come in so that we could set up the medical clinic. And, uh, excuse me, folks, the medical container was being held not for ransom, wink, wink, but it was being held for ransom because it needed to be inspected, but they needed more financial services from the Blue Nile Children's Organization in order to release the container with medical devices. And once we did acquiesce, uh, the medical container was, of course, rummaged through, and a lot of the devices that we needed were damaged. No, they weren't there. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, no, they were, they were gone. Missing. Yeah, uh, missing. <laughs> missing. So corruption yeah. does run deep in a, a lot of different countries. Yeah. But I, I, I want to go back to coffee. coffee and how we as technologists, I'm not a technologist myself. I'm a retired network engineer. Uh, I work for a company called uh, P&I based out of Las Vegas, and they had whatever. Um, so I have a small amount of technology experience. Um, but how wonderful it is now that we have coffee houses that we have a lot of software developers, app developers that work out of coffee houses. How do we make it a reciprocal thing for coffee houses that are not charging technologists that use their spaces as their office workspace but may not patronize, patronize the place as they should? How yeah. do we bridge that gap so that it's equitable for both? That's an excellent question. Um, I think the coffee houses have definitely done their side. The internet on most every coffee spot is super fast these days. Um, and yeah, I guess, I think right now it might be difficult as the uh, patron side is there's not a firm guideline. There's yeah. kind of expectations. So right. like if you order a cup of coffee, do you get 30 minutes, an hour? Right. Uh, probably not five, but you know. Right. Uh, After five hours, I hope we get hungry enough to explore the pastry case or their food yeah. options. Um, you know, one of the things I, I think about, not to cut you off, but one of the things I think about is if I really love a coffee house, I'm going to do everything I can to make certain that I'm pulling my weight as a guest in that coffee house. And that means if I'm going to go in and record a podcast, which we're doing right now, yeah. I'm going to make certain that my guest and myself, and if there's two or three other people, that I'm making certain that we're all actually providing a financial service to this cafe so that they can survive as well. And that's fair and equitable to me. And that analogy, I think most people don't know how to approach it with a guest that's been there for several hours. And it's a simple thing as, hey, can I get you another coffee? 
something so simple as that. But I do think it's really wonderful that we are beginning to use coffee houses more and more as a collaborative space. And you get to meet new and interesting people yep. and get new and interesting ideas, thoughts, and ways of thinking about how can I, as a podcast host, uh, create impact uh, in an environment of whatever coffee shop I'm going to. And that is making certain that I'm not plugged in with my earbuds, but being available for the audible that's taking place because I may run into somebody who's working on an amazing coffee app mm -hmm. that I just happen to need, right. or one of my colleagues in coffee may just happen to need. So I think it's really beautiful that we have so many technologists working in coffee houses. I just want to make certain that the intersection, that the bridge mm -hmm. is not closed. Right. And, you know, just to add to that, I do think, you know, as a customer, you have some sort of fiduciary duty to whichever location that you are. Now, yeah. whether that's a nationwide chain or yes. a small mom and pop shop that yes. has one place, right? Probably more of a duty to the small mom and pop shop <laughs> um, to just, you know, have coffee, support them. Um, but I think just talking about fair and equitability, like, I see co coffee house as the collaborative nature of, for them moving forward as well, like, why is it that it's limited to, you know, people who want to drink coffee or need right. to drink coffee? Right. Why can't we open it to other technologists somehow as well who maybe not may not want to drink coffee but may still want to be a part of the collaborative atmosphere. Right. Um, now, you know, that so I as I said, I come from Baltimore. Right. And you know, there are a lot of neighborhoods with like a five coffee shops in like just like one tiny neighborhood and then there are neighborhoods with like none. Mm. Uh, but the technologists... The coffee house desert is what we like to call that. <laughs> right, exactly. But the technologists pop up everywhere. Right. And Baltimore has a, a pretty good system of trying to um, increase uh, not only STEM education, but also computer programming and science, computer science education amongst uh, the younger uh, yeah. generation. Yes. So when yes. they come of age in you know, a few years, where are they going to collaborate? And I think a coffee shop could be a great atmosphere. I think it's a great breeding ground for that, for taking children from the community center. We have a community center over here, the Yeslin Community Center, is providing 10 laptops for 10 children to learn about programming. You want to play a video game? That's great, but how about we teach you how to design a video game? Mm -hmm. And then you can play that video game and teach your peer how you did that. And I think that's a great segue into building and bridging the gap of technology and coffee. And we are going to take a short commercial break. And again, I want to thank Togo Coffee for being a sponsor and a host for Conversations in Coffee. We'll be right back. I'd do anything. Don't <laughs> <me>. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. Welcome back. <laughs> thank you for bearing with us. Uh, you're back uh, to Conversations in Coffee. I'm your host. Brian Wells, and back with us again, Chris and Mihir. Mihir. Like me here, not me there. All right. <laughs> me here, not me there. Got it. Yep. It's kind of awesome, actually. <laughs> okay, so we're back, and we're talking about the uh, bridging technology and uh, technologists, entrepreneurs, software developers, etc., and coffee houses, and how they play a role in each other's daily lives. We went off to Africa 
talked about your your company, what they're bit. doing, really great, great things. Yep. That's a global impact mm -hmm. that has really yep. good roots for coffee, for people that are working in coffee and around coffee, as well as farming communities. Um, so that's great. You want to add anything more to that? Uh, no, not right now. Not right now? Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Chris? Talking about the whole uh, advent of being a developer, working out of coffee houses, what's been most impactful for you with that? Um, I think it's also gotten more popular as working remotely and working from home. Yeah. Um, so I've had jobs where I've been the only person in the state or city. Uh, so it's really easy to never leave your house for a week. Right. Uh, so just going around and having some human interaction, uh, I think is meaningful. Yeah, and I think that's one of the cool things that when I when I mentioned going into a coffee house and being plugged and tapped in and tuned out, mm -hmm. I think it's great to not have any earbuds on because you are affording yourself really great opportunities when you don't do that because there are other, we know there are other developers in the room with us. And just being around, you know, 15, 20 of your closest friends and not having to talk with them if you don't want to. Just having those bodies around is definitely... Uh, less of a distraction than being at home, working from home, alone, isolation as it happens. You know, I think that's a lot, uh, a lot of times people get isolated even at coffee houses because they're on Facebook or Instagram or something and that creates a little bit of isolationism versus working on an actual project, you know. And so it is, it is nice to be in a coffee shop working without the buds, keeping yourself open to opportunities for collaboration like this. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, I, but I think that this is, this is not the atmosphere I have seen necessarily at Baltimore. Okay. Uh, I think it's, there it tends to be more plugged in. It still is like, oh, I'm around people, but I don't need to interact with them. Right. Uh, and I think that also has its benefits, as Chris is saying. Uh, but the collaborative nature is not necessarily present in um, at least coffee shops in Baltimore that I know of. Um, yeah. So that's something I've seen only like on in, well here right now. <laughs> so um, in Baltimore, the cafes, excuse me, the cafes that you visit there, mm -hmm. do they have these kind of community tables, not just the community space? And do yeah. people, you know, uh, how do you say, congregate to the community table so, and work uh, with no. earbuds or phones on? I think community table is like the choice if you are with like four or five people okay. with a larger group okay. or, and then you can all want to talk to each other right. or if you know there's no other seating available okay got uh, it so or if the community table is the only one with a plug point then maybe then that's where you'll go okay <laughs> because um, i i think about it as how do we get people to gravitate towards this large table uh, and start working on projects. And oftentimes I've seen it at that Togo Coffee on 18th and Union in the Central District where there'll be four or five people working on laptops and somebody will say something and that prompts a response from somebody okay. working next to them. It's like, oh, you're having this problem with this code. Have you tried nice. okay. X, Y, or Z? Or should I say 001001? <laughs> right. To that respect, and it prompts an immediate conversation and a collaborativeness that, mm -hmm. that happens and transcends the quietness of working with somebody. Right. So I think it's really, mm -hmm. coffee houses are magnificent places to work, hang, and just be, mm -hmm. you know. I agree, and if the coffee is great, it's a, it's a very good thing to do, yeah. to have as well.
Um, yeah, but... Icing on the cake. Chris, I think you wanted to say something. Oh, sorry. Uh, one challenge is that sometimes companies these days can be very secretive about their stuff. Um, so it's, yeah, that can be a struggle to bring people and outside help who don't work at your company because your company would not really like that. Mm. Uh, so but it's easier if you're working on your own thing, right? And right. Then you can actually connect. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a good point. But I wonder, in, in that instance, if you are working on a very top secret project, um, is your company going to allow you to work on that project outside of the confines of the office space itself? And will they have a specific laptop for you to use for that project? Uh, they will have a specific laptop, like their work laptop they have to use. Um, usually they'd rather you sit in the corner over there, sit with your screen facing the wall. Than, wow, okay. Yeah. And that's real. Yep. Yes. And wow. sometimes... Um, because I like, might steal your fucking program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I've never worked at Apple, but for example, um, lots of leaks have happened. Like people have left perfect bones and uh, airport bars and things like that. And oh, then wow. that makes the news. Um, wow. Yeah. It's like that one time I left a million dollars in a briefcase at the uh, airport, and, and I left it open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it <just wasn't laughs> that didn't there. happen. That didn't happen, yeah. but I could imagine it happening, yes. Yeah. I guess my question is, like, what is it, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it, is like, what is it that has prompted people to move out of the workspace into coffee shops to work, other than the bad coffee? Other than the bad coffee. I think a lot of that started from, and again, I'm not a technologist. Network engineer, former, yes. That's different than a software developer or a software engineer. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with entrepreneurialism Mm -hmm. because a lot of uh, technology companies encourage an entrepreneurial thinking, a way of thinking. Entrepreneurs are born, they're not taught. You can't teach, you can teach entrepreneurialism, but I think entrepreneurialism, I think people are just born to be entrepreneurs. what you come with, uh, but I think technology companies have made it so accessible to people for your comfort. Well, you can work anywhere you want. Right. I'm not going to confine you to being in the office because I know you will produce more if you know you have the ability to work wherever you want. Is that? Yeah, how do you feel about that? I think there's a component. Um, I think right now there's. Uh, struggle, uh, difference of opinions between whether you should have uh, office culture and everyone works in the same office or whether everyone should be remote and distributed at their own homes. Um, I think it depends on company by company from what I've seen about which side of the argument they're on. Yeah. I mean, there's something about working in a campus environment where you, know, you have five different buildings that you can go and work out of that have lounges and Jungle gyms and lunch, dinner, right. beer, wine, spirits, showers, hammocks. <laughs> Jeez, I don't need to leave. Yes, too real, too real. That's yeah. how they keep you there. Yeah, and you're keeping me happy because what? I don't have to buy groceries, mm-hmm. and we have laundry service. But you know, there's that segment of us that will go out and work at coffee houses because we need to breathe. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the big part to that question now is um, here is just having the freedom to go and work in different places I think opens yeah. the mind and expands your horizons in terms of how you work. 
you know, of the whole entrepreneurial spirit. Like, I'm giving you autonomy. I'm giving you agency to take your work and go wherever and just create. Yeah. I think that may be one of the things that makes a lot of software companies successful, you know, is giving you autonomy. Right. Within a certain framework, of course. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe there's a fellow and author, uh, Daniel Pinkman. Uh, he posited that people want three things, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. Okay. Uh, and uh, he cites examples of like Wikipedia versus like a Microsoft-sponsored encyclopedia. Okay. We don't know what the Microsoft one is called anymore. Uh, we know Wikipedia, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Autonomy, mastery, and purpose, the people who work on Wikipedia are mostly unpaid volunteers. But yes. They feel like they're improving, learning, and gaining. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So... That. Yeah, so he describes the in, intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation of doing work. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I like that. I, in my head, I was throwing in Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, oh, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> All the big books. All the big books, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I think, uh, I think this has been a really great episode. I really appreciate both of you uh, being on this podcast, and uh, hopefully we'll get to do it again sometime. Thank you, Togo Coffee, again for being a great sponsor and host. And I am your man, Brian Wells. Conversation and Coffee is signing out. Okay, we'll get you, at Brian. you. Oh, by the way, Togo has great coffee. Oh, I did not pay him to say that. <laughs>